What's up? Welcome to the show. My name is Travis Stetzel, creator of the Forge Father Project that's now helped thousands of men transform their lives. And the sole focus here is simple. It's to help build, mold, and forge you into the most unstoppable man possible by helping you earn back your time, optimize your body, deepen your connections, strengthen your relationships, and rewire your mind for total success so you can be your best as a dad, a husband, and a professional. And this is about living and leading a legacy in life and being a man on a mission. We're not here to be average. We're not here to check the boxes and settle on mediocrity. If you're here, you best be ready to level up and become an uncommon man. If you are, you're in the right place. So it's time to earn it. All right, welcome to another episode of Forged Father FM. I got a good one coming at you in this episode. But first, let's just talk about last night. Uh, I got to catch you up here because last night was uh, quite quite uh, the night. Not one, not two, but three of my daughters got sick last night. All were throwing up. So we were up at all hours of the night and something rather scary happened. And that's why I want to bring this up and share this just before we get into the main focus of this episode, because I I think it's important as a dad to share this because you never know. You just, you never know. And I want to say it was probably about 2 a.m. My wife wakes me up and she's like, hey, something's not right. And I wake up and I don't know what the heck's going on. And all I see is my wife dragging our oldest daughter, Minnie, into the room. And I was like, what What the hell's going on? And she's like, she's non-responsive. I, I found her in the closet and I don't know what's going on. And so we drag her back into our room, put her on the bed. And this is when it got the scariest. She was just non-responsive. Her eyes were kind of opening and shutting and they were rolling in the, into the back of her head. Her skin had turned pale white and uh, almost looked like she was having a seizure, which really scared me. And I just kind of, I rubbed her face and I said, babe, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to dad. I'm here. Open your eyes. And she did. She opened her eyes and she kind of just looked really stunned. And my wife and I kind of look at each other and we don't know what the heck's going on still. And the first thing she says is, oh, I can start to see again, which was just, it was the craziest thing. And so it, it was very, very scary. Uh, for a second there, my wife was going to call 911 to, you know, get an ambulance over there to see what the heck was going on. But long story short, what we think happened was she basically passed out and uh, collapsed and, uh, that or had a uh, panic attack because she's a little bit freaked out by throw up and um, always has been since she was a little girl. So interesting stuff. And then to top it off this morning, our youngest decided to throw up as well. So all four daughters um, got this, this stomach flu going on. So I'm hoping it, it passes quick. It is going around, not fun stuff. And I hope hope that my wife and I can both miss out on it. (laughs) So, but either way, I share this because 
that moment where my daughter was just non-responsive, really, I mean, her life flashed across my eyes and uh, really put things into perspective on why we really need to focus in on being present in the moment, cherish every single moment, because you never know. You never know. Thank God that it was nothing else. Um, cause I could be sharing a completely different story right now. Um, which I don't even want to think about, but it ties into today's episode because I am going to be talking about how you can't let the past control the present, but the present is everything. So being in the moment is, is crucial, especially with the time that you spend with your kids. And that's why I push fitness so hard and how important it is for you to build yourself up into your best self possible so you can show up and be present. I can't even tell you how many conversations I have with fellow dads that are not present with their family when they're with their family. And the reason for that is, is because they're so fixated on self and the shit that they haven't done or gotten done, the work that they've been putting off on themselves, they're thinking about that. They're thinking about that workout that they missed. They're thinking about how they haven't followed through on their word. They're thinking about all that shit food that they ate. They're thinking about all those drinks that they had. They're thinking about what they haven't followed up on. And it's terrible because when you steal away time from your family, you steal away from those moments because you haven't done the work. The answer should be pretty clear with what it is that you need to do. And that is you need to become a man of your word and you need to follow through and you need to do the things that you need to do. So when you do show up and you are with your family, you're present and in the moment. Because there's one thing that I know is when you're getting the work done, it's undeniable. You're showing up healthy, energized, confident, certain. You're not worrying about any of that shit. You're fully focused in on everybody else around you. You've taken care of your shit. And so it's not weighing you down. So I just wanted to share that to open up this this week's episode. I thought that was really important. And uh, don't take any moments for granted. So moving into today's topic, it is to not let the past control the present. And I'm going to be digging into some past history of myself. You might have heard this story before a time or two. I've, I've shared it a number of times, but I'm going to unpack it again and uh, give you some perspective on how your past might be fucking up your, your present right now and holding you back from becoming your best self. And so growing up, one of the biggest things for me was just the, the lack of faith that I had in myself. The lack of faith that I had in myself to be a winner, to be a champion, to succeed really. And I find it interesting, you know, growing up, my dad was was always a huge supporter of me. Like he always backed me 110%. He always had confidence in me. He pushed me hard. Uh, he, he was the one that instilled hard work in me. And what I always loved about my dad was he, he never overstepped. He wasn't that parent that, you know, really looked down on me when I wasn't successful, when I didn't fulfill you know, certain achievements. Um, and really at the end of the day, all I wanted to do is make my dad proud. 
I just wanted to, I wanted to make everybody proud. And I think it was that thing, wanting to make everybody proud, wanting to satisfy everybody else around me that that's really what messed me up. And that, that brings me into the topic of ego and what your ego, what your ego really is. Your ego is the thing that creates fear and is what tries to keep you away from embarrassing yourself or, you know, being the odd one out of the group. And the ego really is the enemy. And I had developed an, an extreme fear of failure to where I didn't want to embarrass myself. So in big situations, I would play it safe a lot of the time. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll share a number of these, but you know, the big one I I'll, I'll never forget is, you know, a big moment in my athletic career was when I was a senior in high school, you know, I, I choked, absolutely choked at the end of the year championships. And it's, and it's sad to look back at that, but I know it was due to my ego. It was due to that fear of failure. I let that fear of failure absolutely consume me. And so what I do is I'd visualize the wrong things. I would fixate on the wrong things, the things that I didn't want to happen. And those are the exact things that would happen. And, you know, outside of like my high school wrestling championships, you know, just choking my senior year, uh, there, there was a number of times where it kind of popped up in, in college, in football, you know, first time out returning punts, my first game ever. I remember we were in a big time game too. All I needed to do was just fair catch it. That was it. That was, that was the job. That, that was the play. Go out there, fair catch it. And all I could think about was, what if I drop it? What if I drop it? What if I drop it? That's exactly what I did. Missed the catch. Other team recovered the ball. They ended up scoring the very next fucking play. And that game ended up going into overtime. And we lost. We lost that game. And it was the fear of failure that really messed me up. Had I not been so afraid of dropping the ball and just focusing in on catching the ball, focusing in on the positives, I don't think that would have happened. So it was never, it was never a matter of not having the talent. It was never a matter of not having the work ethic. I, I outworked everybody. Nobody fucking out, outworked me. Nobody. And I had, so I had the athletic ability, but my mind was the weak link. And looking back on all of this, there, there was one situation that stands out where I believe this, this loser mindset really got put in place. And I want to, this, this was back in eighth grade. My dad took me to Tulsa nationals. So it is a huge wrestling tournament. It was a long road trip to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. We went with a couple of buddies of mine that I grew up wrestling with. Both of those guys were just absolute badasses. They're still heavily involved in wrestling. Um, they're both high school wrestling coaches. Now both were uh, multi-time uh, state champions. They're, they're a couple of badass dudes and they actually kind of beat me into 
being a better wrestler, but I just never had the mindset. Right. But either way, biggest tournament I had ever been to was this Tulsa nationals. I had a 64 man bracket. I mean, it was, it was huge. And as it goes, I drew the number one seed in the first round. And my dad made sure to let me know of that. He's like, you pulled the number one seed. His name was JJ Johnson. He was from North Carolina and he was the returning champ in my bracket. He had won the Tulsa nationals the year before. So that was already playing out in my mind. I was like, Oh, great. I get to wrestle the, the returning champ. I'm a, I'm already toast. I'm going to lose this match. So I, I basically lost the match right away inside of my head. There was no chance. I warmed up like I normally did. I would psych myself up before my matches, you know, false comp confidence. That's really all it was back then. And so I'll never forget this though. We go into the match right off the whistle. I shoot out like a cannon and I get this double leg on this kid. I'm so deep. I, I pick his ass up and I go to dump him off to the side onto his back. We fly out of bounds. And as we get up, I just say to myself, fuck, what the hell was that? Where did that come from? I actually just shot in on the returning champion here and picked his ass up and, you know, basically manhandled him. I was, I surprised the hell out of myself. And for a split second there, I actually had confidence in myself that I could, I could beat this guy. I had faith in myself that I could actually wrestle with this dude and I could, I could possibly win. But as we ran back to the middle of the mat, that ego of mine stepped back in and pulled me out of that confident state that I had just put myself into. And I, I immediately went back into a passive state. I remember that. I remember the thought going through my mind, like, Oh my gosh, I hope I didn't piss this guy off, man. He's going to get aggressive. And so we go back at it. I end up shooting for a takedown that's like half ass. He throws me in a cow catcher. Pin my ass. Minute. That's all it took. One minute into the match, I got pinned. That was the fastest loss I ever had my whole career in wrestling. And truth be told, the match ended just as I had visualized it would in a loss. And as I said, that was the fastest loss that I had ever experienced. I try to justify it, or I, 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 I remember justifying it after I came home and would like tell some of my buddies about, oh, yeah, I, I lost two straight matches this big tournament, two in barbecue basically. But the guy that beat me, JJ, he's the returning champion, and he actually pinned his way through the whole tournament, and I, I think he, he might have won wrestler of the tournament, if I don't remember correctly or not but either way it was it's it's interesting how I, I used that to justify me getting beat right but the next match had a kid from New Mexico I remember where I took him down right away right from the get-go I, I take this guy down we're having a good match he kind of wrestles back and I basically let it go and uh I get beat and so the rest of the weekend it, it kind of it, it was a quick weekend for me. So I was done on the first day, literally. And uh, one of my buddies that was there, he, he ended up getting third. So it was, it was fun watching him. 
you know, go through his, his weight class and, you know, fight back to get third, his brother, which we still kind of laugh about this today. His brother actually didn't even make weight. So, um, he didn't even get a wrestle. So either way, the weekend ends, you know, I'm not thinking too much about it. I'm like, oh, I wrestled a couple of really good guys is what it is. And so on the long trip back, I'll never forget this. Everybody's passed out in, in, in the car. We're on our way back, long road trip, middle of the night. And my dad and my buddy's dad are both sitting in the front and they're talking. And I just, I'm kind of like listening to their conversation. And I hear my buddy's dad say, Scott, you know what Travis's problem is? He's a pussy. He doesn't have that killer instinct in him. And when I heard that, it stabbed me right in the heart. Not only because he called me a straight up pussy, but I knew it was true. It was all true. I was a pussy. I was a mentally weak pussy. And when he said that, it really pissed me off. It pissed me off. And I thought to myself, like, fuck that guy. I'm going to show him. I'm going to show him that I'm not a pussy. And so I remember when I got home, I didn't say a word to my dad. I didn't say a word to my mom. I just went straight to my room, started working out. And to this day, I, I still don't know how my parents didn't wake up because I was just blaring Metallica and just working out. I was just pumping out bench presses. I was doing pull-ups. I was doing curls. I was doing push-ups, just sweating my ass off, thinking about what this guy had said about me. And that night, I remember making a commitment to myself that I was never going to be known as a pussy ever again. But that label was burned into my current identity because I still allowed my lack of faith to hold me back years later. As I, I shared with you, you know, I choked as a senior in high school despite being ranked number two, number three in the state all year long, you know, beating some of the top guys, we got to the very end. I choked. That pussy mentality came out, came out again. And I go out in the beginning with this mindset of, you know, I'm not going to be a pussy. No fear. Just go. And I remember there were so many different instances where I would just be in the zone. I wouldn't be stressed. I wouldn't have all this pressure on me and I would just fucking dominate. But then that fear would creep back in in certain situations and I'd just give up. It mainly came out in wrestling. In football, not so much, but when it was solely up to me, which, you know, wrestling is a team or not a team sport. I mean, it's, it's you versus the other guy. That's where it really came out. And so I don't know exactly when it finally clicked for me, but I came to the realization that I was connected to this old identity of being a mental, a, a mental pussy. I was allowing that to hold me back in so many instances when I finally recognized it. I was able to disconnect from that identity and create a new one. 
and the new identity that I've created and, and have continued to shape and mold and revise and evolve has become this identity of an uncommon man who is simply resilient in the mind, the body, and the soul. There's no more fear of failure or embarrassment. It's just putting forth my best effort while in the moment, while being in the present moment. If I put in my best effort and I can look at myself at the end of the day and say, I gave it my all. I didn't fucking give up on myself. I didn't lose on myself before it even got started. That's what mattered the most because I was letting too many things dic dictate present moments, you know, past failures, past setbacks, past results. I'd automatically assume that's what would happen again, but I was just lying to myself. I was just telling these stories to myself based off of this old identity. And this is where a lot of men go wrong. So a lot of the dads that I have conversations with, it's they're, they're kind of trapped in a similar situation where they're thinking about past situations where they lost, where they came up short. And so they're already painting their future and they're, they're already kind of determining their, their fate. And in fact, just the other day, I had a converse, conversation with a fellow dad who has been trying to get himself back into shape for the past five years. But every time he gets into it, he quits and gives up. And upon further conversation with all this, this man's fear of failing again was the exact thing that was, that, that was pushing him to give up and quit because he had this story in his mind that he was already going to fail. So what, what was the use? Which again, none of that is true. It's all bullshit. They're just stories that we feed ourselves. And so when you realize that you're in full control of your attitudes and your actions at any time, you can literally break free from being a slave of your past. It's difficult, but it's doable. And it's something that we teach all of our guys inside of the Forge Father. In fact, it's one of the first things. And so here's where I want to get into three key steps on how to deal with all this stuff. And, and the first step is probably the most important. The first step is this, is to dig up all of the past failures, the past struggles, anything that has happened to you in the past that's affecting you today that might also be having an effect on your current identity, who you see yourself as today. Think of these struggles. Think, think of these failures, these things that haven't gone your way. Do they still cause you fear? Do they still cause you to have self-doubt? Are they the things that pull you into a negative state of mind? It's important that you ID these things because once you're aware of what's shaping your thoughts and more importantly, your beliefs, you'll be, you'll be able to attack those things and conquer them. And so that's the first. Number two is to look at these past failures and see if they're linked to any core beliefs that you've created for yourself. So for example, when I was younger, as I shared, I had a core belief that I wasn't good enough to be a state champion. 
that was the core belief that was creating the fear of failure that would ultimately lead me to just choking because deep down I had this core belief that I wasn't good enough to be a state champion. And so in reality, it really didn't matter how fucking hard I worked. I was going to, at some point, sabotage myself to make that core belief true. And it's just like the dad that I shared about earlier. He's got this core belief that he's too old, he's washed up, he's too busy, and he's ultimately a failure as a dad, and he's not supposed to lose this weight. And so when he gets into the mix, he just acts in accordance to that. He's going to fuck up on his diet. He's going to fuck up on his daily to-do list. Like he's going to skip those workouts. He's just acting in accordance to that man. He's connected to those core beliefs. And so you need to identify these because these, these are limiting core beliefs. And so number three is to create new core beliefs linked to a new identity. This all starts with your vision. What is it that you want in life? I talk about this often. This is one of the first steps in becoming an uncommon man, and that is to get very, very clear on your vision. What do you want life to be like for you? How do you look? How do you feel? How do you live daily? You get very, very clear on that. Who are you? And then you identify this particular person that you want to become. Think about the traits, the characteristics, the habits, the routines, the lifestyle that this individual has. Then you need to link core beliefs to this individual. For me, I'll just share what my core beliefs are. Number one, I'm the fucking man and I'm unstoppable and I'm uncommon. That is a core belief that I believe 110%. That is my faith in self. And so with that faith that I have, when I find myself in certain situations, my self-talk, it's fucking savage, man. When I'm feeling sorry for myself, when I'm feeling unmotivated, when I don't feel like doing the work, I'm quick to talk myself up. And I do the work because that's what an uncommon, unstoppable man does. I don't miss because if I miss, I'm letting my family down and I'm letting the men down inside a forged father. I'm trying to lead these guys. Then it's about living and leading in alignment. That means that I'm a man of my word. I act in accordance to my identity. Otherwise, I'm a fucking liar and I'm a fake. And the final core belief is that I am in total control of my attitude. Therefore, I'm in control of my actions. And it works both ways. Whenever I'm in a low-level state, I just don't have that motivation. I don't have that drive. I know I can change my attitude by taking the proper actions. For me, that's getting into a high-energy state. That's go hit some burpees, hit some push-ups, hit some squats, hit some sprints, get on the bike, hit some sprints on the bike, whatever it is. I'm going to get myself into a high-energy state. I'm going to raise and build up my attitude. That's a core belief. I have control over that. When I don't feel like it, when I don't have that motivation or that willpower or that drive or whatever, I know I'm in control of that. I can raise that. That is a core belief. 
And it all starts with awareness, awareness of your attitude, and then knowing the actions that need to be taken to get you to the results you desire. And so it's been this mindset shift that has been life-changing for me. And I want to help you make this shift as well. Hopefully this is making sense. I'll just say this, man, like when this mindset really shifted over, I can really remember it when I was on my way to the CrossFit games to compete as a master's athlete, that old mental pussy attitude started to creep back in. I remember I was on, on the, on the flight over. I started to have these doubts, these uncertainties. I, I had a little bit of imposter syndrome happening. I was like, man, am I really supposed to be at this level of competition? Top 10 in the fucking world. Like, am I even supposed to be here? And it was pulling me away from the moment. In a book, I just so happened to have been reading on the way over to compete in the CrossFit Games was the power of now, which basically just really focused in on the present moment. People let past history steal away from the present moment. And worse, they let their past history dictate and predict their future. And so if there's anything that you pull away from this episode, it is to be present, be more present in the moment, focus in on what you can control. Those are your actions. Those are your attitude. The rest will take care of itself. Be the man that you got to be in the moment, especially. So if you got a lot from this episode, please share. Uh, please drop a five-star review and more than anything, please implement and execute on what I talked about. Outside of that, get out there, do the work, earn it. Until next time, be the uncommon man.